Thank you for joining me for episode 59 of the Unique On Purpose podcast, helping you find victory in how God has uniquely created you. I am your host, Rachel Gentleman, just a regular gal trying to help people know they are called to be victors in Christ Jesus. And today I talk to private investigator Lori Morrison, also the author of Kick Fear to the Curb. And we talk as Christians a lot about fear and we quote scripture, making sure that we don't live our lives based on fear. And that is well and good. But Lori's take on fear is to make sure we can protect ourselves in practical ways so we don't have to live in fear. And from an investigator point of view, we're going to talk to her about what it means to live a life of wisdom when trying to protect yourself from becoming a victim. So let's take a listen. Welcome back to the Unique On Purpose podcast. We're traveling back to Tennessee and hanging out with Lori Morrison again. Uh, If you remember correctly, and I'll make sure I put the past podcast in the show notes, but she is a former CPA turned private investigator, wife, mom, and also the host of the Unlovely Truth podcast, where Lori, you take true crime and you mix it with Jesus, which I find very fascinating. Uh, And now... You've added author onto your name. So how does that sound? How does that feel to have author added on to your credentials? I'm still getting used to it. Yeah. And I was actually a, I was actually a paralegal, not a CPA. Oh, paralegal. I'm sorry. Former paralegal. You do not messing with your taxes. I can barely do my own. <laughs> well, and if it makes anybody feel any better, I have no idea what a CPA or a paralegal is. So I couldn't <laughs> tell you the difference. I'm like I talk for a living. That's that's just all I can say. But um, but I I really want to get into your book in just a moment. And your book is called "Kick Fear to the Curb." And I know that this podcast is all about celebrating victories, celebrating how the world can take something that you can see as a disadvantage and making it out to be an advantage. So it's kind of like, well, why are we going to talk about this book, Kick Fear to the Curb? But your book is a lot about making sure you don't become a victim. I mean, we talk a lot about those that have been victims in their overcoming and their road to becoming a victor. But we're going to talk a little bit about how to prevent yourself from becoming a victim. But first, before before we go into that, why did you become a private investigator? Because that's almost like your second act, right? Everybody talks mm-hmm. about that second act, that second career that they did later in life. And that's kind of yours. Why did Why did that happen? Well, it certainly wasn't on my bucket list. It was not something that, I mean, even though I was, you know, the total Nancy Drew fangirl back when I was younger and loved Agatha Christie, Earl Stanley Gardner, all the mystery stuff, that just never occurred to me as something I would actually do. Mm-hmm. But I was fascinated with the legal field, and that's why I ended up becoming a paralegal. I've worked in domestic violence courts. Um, just all kinds of different things. And I was following a case of a young girl who went missing, and eventually it was it was found that she had been raped and murdered. And she reminded me so much of my oldest daughter. Mm-hmm. They were about the same age, um, looked a little bit alike. And I just thought, okay, if she's vulnerable, my children are vulnerable. Right. And who would help me? If I was the mom searching for my daughter. Mm -hmm. And so I just, there was a a private investigator that the family had hired 
And I realized that she didn't live too far from me. So I just looked her up, got in touch with her, and I said, you know, can I just volunteer to organize case files or whatever? I, I understand the legal system. I have some background there. Can I help? And that's really just how it started. God just moved me to do something to help someone that was really in need, these families. And so the more I did, the more I wanted to do, and it just kind of snowballed from there. Mm-hmm. Well, and what I what I love about how you've taken your PI business is you mix Jesus in with it. And I think there's, I don't want to say shame, but maybe there is. Like people, they really find crime fascinating. And in the Christian realm, you wonder, well, is that okay to find crime fascinating when crime is sin? But we do. And I think God puts that in all of us because God is a God of justice. We also want to see justice, too. And you've done a very good job of taking something that really a lot of us find fascinating and bringing Jesus into it. How do you do that? Well, I love the way you say we're fascinated, but we don't always want to let people know that because Mm -hmm. people will ask me what I do, you know, at church. I go to a big church, so you're constantly meeting new people. And when I tell them I'm a private investigator and that I have this podcast, they'll smile and they'll kind of look around and they'll whisper, I love that stuff. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I'm like, you don't have to whisper. Right. Yeah. You dig into the Bible and there's tons of true crime in there. Mm -hmm. Tons. Mm-hmm. There is a serial killer in the Old Testament. Y'all going to have to go look that up or message me, and I'll tell you who she is. Oh, dang, I didn't mean to say she. But anyway. Now now you have me even more intrigued because you said <laughs> she. not because... <laughs> But anyway, go ahead. When uh, Elisha takes over for Elijah, mm-hmm. he is set upon by a gang. Mm. When you look even at the teachings of Jesus, you know, he. He used storytelling so masterfully as a teaching tool. And one of his best-known parables is the story of the Good Samaritan. Mm -hmm. You've got a guy that's just walking down the road, minding his own business. He is beaten, robbed, and left for dead. So there's at least three felonies right there. Mm. And so crime is just a part of life because we live in a broken world. Mm -hmm. And the Bible teaches us to bear one another's burdens, to Speak up for those that can't speak for themselves. And so I think that anybody that has that interest in um, crime stories, criminal activity, or even just the betterment of your community, Mm -hmm. then this is a great place to get involved. And it's easier than you think. You don't have to go out and do something crazy like become a private investigator. Mm -hmm. You can become what I call a different kind of P.I., a person of impact. Mm-hmm. Small little things that you can do that make a huge difference. Yeah. And you have the Unlovely podcast, which you mix Jesus into that. And I've listened to, to uh, quite a few of your podcasts. So I love the fact that you do these interviews with people and you bring Christ to the center. And this is kind of off topic, but I was so jealous that you had <laughs> that you had Jay Warner Wallace on your show. So <laughs> I am the person. Okay, so because I work in radio, I meet a lot of Christian artists. That's just part of my job on a regular basis. We're doing concerts. We're meeting people. I don't fangirl over these Christian artists, but I would totally fangirl over Jay Warner Wallace. 
<laughs> and, he really is awesome. Yeah. And so the fact that you got to do a podcast with uh, this detective from California who does all of this apologetic stuff was awesome. But anyway, that was a total rabbit trail. But now I want to move on a little bit. How long have you been been a private investigator? It's going on five years now. Okay, so even in five years, you've seen a lot of stuff, right? For sure. And what do you do to not get jaded? I just feel like, you know, I come from a law enforcement family. My dad was a police officer. My mom was a 911 operator. And you can see where you can easily get jaded with life. How do you not get jaded? You have to be very intentional about Mm -hmm. it. Because if you're not, you're right. It will overwhelm you. It's it's incredible the things that we are willing to do to one another. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think you just have to do a few different things. Obviously, faith community is critical. You've got to have believers around you that are checking in with you, making sure that you're taking care of yourself, that you're not getting overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Know your limits. There are certain types of cases that I just won't take. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. um, There's safety issues in some of them, and there are people that are way more qualified than I am to dig into those type of things. My own little quirk, I can't do cannibalism. Oh, yeah. I'm not not going there. Yeah, well, when podcasts come up with that, that is the ones that I skip over. Because I do listen to a lot of crime podcasts, and I won't listen to those. Yeah, I, that's just that's just me. Mm-hmm. If other people can okay. handle those, mm-hmm. that's fine. Um, and of course, staying grounded in the Word, so that I remind myself that God is good, and just me personally getting out in nature, mm-hmm. hearing hearing the birds, sitting by a stream, and hearing the water. That's that's just big for me. So whatever it is personally for you, you know, artistic expression. Do you draw? Um, just loving on other people. Are you that person that's always uh, cooking and giving food away? Mm-hmm. Get that connection with your soul that reconnects you with something other than the darkness. Right. Well, and that's creation. When you are uh, admiring God's creation or when you're creating yourself, I think that's just, it's a it's a reminder that God is good in a world that is so yeah. dark. It is a reminder that God is good. And is it through this five years of your PI experience that made you decide to write this book? It really was because um, I started out really trying to encourage people to take steps to help other people. Mm -hmm. It wasn't getting a lot of traction. I couldn't figure out why, because I know people of faith service is important to them. And then finally it dawned on me. I posted a couple little safety tips on like a reel. And they really, really resonated with people. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, that's been the sticking point. It's hard to do something for someone else when you're still fearful yourself. Oh. And, you know, our world is getting more and more chaotic. And the Bible tells us it's going to get worse before it gets better. Yeah. And I thought, you know, we are living in fear, but God tells us over and over and over in his word to fear not. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, you know, people can't live out their callings when they're living in fear. Oh, that's good. I like that. And so not only did I want to just give practical safety tips, but I wanted to 
incorporate the scriptures and just stories from my own work and just my own personal life to say, you know, hey, we don't have to live in fear. And these tips will help you not be fearful because when you're empowered with this knowledge of keeping yourself, your family, and your community safer, then that level of fear is going to diminish. Mm-hmm. And that that's kind of the reason why you put a lot of scripture throughout your book, because I did notice that there's quite a bit of scripture that you post, or excuse me, post, it's a book, not Facebook, <laughs> quite a bit of scripture that you kind of weave throughout your book. And, and is that really the reason? It really is, because, you know, we, we all have that bent towards self-preservation, of mm-hmm. course. Mm-hmm. And I just, I wanted to give people the knowledge, tactics, and just encouragement that, you know, God doesn't want you to live in fear. He wants you to live in his joy and his light and his power. Mm-hmm. And it's so easy in this broken world we live in to forget that. Mm-hmm. So I wanted it to be a reminder, too. Well, and I think, too, with you incorporating scripture, not just the fear aspect, but the Bible is for our everyday lives and it's it's for our protection and so you put a lot of those protection scriptures in there and you even talk a lot about wisdom and Mm -hmm. i don't know okay i'm trying to say this as tactfully as possible you kind of have two (laughs) well when a crime happens you have two sides of the story of course but that you have the blame game that happens so and please hear my heart on this when but it's the only example I can think of. So when a girl uh, is sexually assaulted, you have mm-hmm. two sides that are blaming the other side. And yes, someone that sexually assaults a girl, it is a hundred percent like their responsibility. However, with girls in this, it doesn't always happen, but sometimes maybe we put ourselves in in compromising situations and we need to have wisdom on how to protect ourselves. And there are some groups of people out there that say, well, this girl can do whatever she wants. And you're right. She she can. But that doesn't mean that consequences won't happen. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? I'm trying to be so respectful of girls that have been assaulted. Exactly. No, I get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And and it's it's not just sexual assault, but in our culture, I think that's the one that we think of first. Yeah. Because, you know, you very rarely, if someone's house is broken into, you don't typically hear people going, well, you've got nice stuff. What did you expect? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's true. Because we just get, we get so fixated on anything that has a sexual component to it mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. And you're you're a hundred percent right when you say that the perpetrator, the criminal, the offender, whatever you want to call them, they are responsible for their actions. But knowing that we live in a fallen world and knowing that there are people out there, you know, the Bible says that our enemy, the devil, is like a lion prowling around to to try to hurt us. Mm-hmm. And knowing that that's true, we want to be wise. Yes, should you be able to wear anything, go anywhere, do whatever, we should have those freedoms. But we have to be wise about the world that we live in. Yeah. And two, any of us that would kind of say, and and I know that the people that are listening to you are not going to say, well, she deserved it or she asked for it or anything like that. Right. But even when we think, you know, well, was that the best decision? I get that. But for me, 
I look back on my life, especially as a young person whose brain was not completely formed and was not always making the wisest decisions. Yeah. We have all put ourselves in places we shouldn't be in Mm -hmm. with people we shouldn't be with, making choices we shouldn't be making. Mm -hmm. And some of us escape earthly consequences for whatever reason, and some of us don't. Mm -hmm. And I also... God has taught me so much in the last couple of years. I help with a Bible study in a, it's basically a prison. It's a workhouse, so it's very, very low-level offenders. But as I've spoken with these ladies, and they've shared their hearts, and they've opened up about their backgrounds, not that I asked, but but they will eventually share with you once they trust you. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have grown up and the way that they've been conditioned of how life works, what their normal is, is very far from what my normal was growing up. Mm-hmm. And so when that's all you see, when that's all you hear, when that's all the people all around you are doing, you know, that's like running a race where you have to start way back beyond the starting line. Mm-hmm. And of course you're not going to win that race. Right, right. So I, I try... I try to give grace, but I try to point people to wisdom. Yeah. Not my wisdom, mm-hmm. but what the Bible tells us about, you know, even when Jesus sent his disciples out, he said, you've got to be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Yeah. That's good. And going back to the house example, we would still say to someone who has a house with nice things, hey, use wisdom and lock your doors use wisdom and maybe have a security system you know we would never say yeah just leave your leave your doors unlocked this is a safe neighborhood i mean i guess because i grew up a cop's kid i'm like you always lock your doors you know what i'm saying like you never not lock your doors we're we're quick to say hey you can do whatever you want when it comes to the sexual thing but we would never say well keep your doors unlocked Keep your car unlocked, you know, keep all your money stashed away in your glove box. You know what I mean? So I love the fact that uh, you're taking the wisdom of God in Scripture and you're applying it to everything that we're doing today to stay safe, whether it's a sexual component or whether it's not a sexual component. We all need to to have wisdom. But I do have a question before we get to the, the book and the tips. Do you feel... Do you feel that we're too trusting as a society? Like, I guess it's almost as if there's two extremes. You have the extreme that's not trusting where kids don't aren't allowed to have sleepovers. You are not allowed to walk home. For, I mean, you don't see kids walking home from school anymore at all. Uh, the neighborhoods are not filled. Like Halloween, I noticed there were no kids out at neighborhoods for Halloween. Yeah. They're all going to churches, the mall, fire stations, because they're quote unquote safer than going through your neighborhood. So I feel that there's this component of we're very untrusting, but at the same time, I almost feel like we're too trusting when maybe it comes to social media, posting all of the the things. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? I think you're right in both directions. Okay. I think that sometimes we're too fearful. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, we see things in the media. Everybody's scared to death of serial killers. The, the chances of any of us actually encountering a serial killer are so, so, so low. Mm. Serial killers 
typically are going to look for victims that are not going to be missed, like runaways, mm-hmm. sex workers, that kind of stuff. Now, are there other cases where they are picking on someone in a neighborhood here, there? Of course that happens. But you're much more likely to be hurt by someone you know. Yeah. Even someone you trust. And so that flips us to the other side that, yes, we do trust way too easily. Because I think we, especially as Christians, Mm. and I will tell you, criminals target Christians because they know we trust too easily. Mm -hmm. And they know that we are very, very into forgiveness and grace and things that are important and that we should be into. Mm -hmm. But we have to balance that again with wisdom. We trust titles over character. Mm. That's the pastor. He would never do that. Okay. So that's a policeman. He wouldn't be involved in something like that. Yeah. And by and large, that's true, but it's not true because of their title. Mm-hmm. Don't trust people just because they have a certain job. Mm-hmm. There are bad apples in every barrel. Right. There are bad podcasters. Yeah. There are bad PIs. Mm-hmm. There's bad everything. And so until you really get to know a person's character, then you have to say, I, I will, you know, give you some limited trust, but I won't totally buy into you until I see how you act. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have a saying that I like to use, in God we trust, everybody else gets a background check. <laughs> I love it. I love that. I was a kid's pastor, so yeah, I get it, because everybody got a background check in my in my ministry. I totally understand. So but listening to you talk, it sounds as though we don't trust strangers, but we trust anybody that we know. Do you think that has to do with the 80s and 90s of stranger danger? Yeah, I think that that was really well-intentioned and really misguided. Mm. The statistics bear out over and over and over and over that you are much more likely to be harmed by someone you know, mm-hmm. a domestic violence situation, child sexual abuse is by far more likely to be someone in that child's immediate circle. Mm. And we just, we do not want to think that. Right. And so we just kind of ignore it. We do the, the ostrich posture with our heads in the sand. Mm-hmm. I, I did an episode back in my first season. It was about a youth pastor who basically kind of staged a coup over through the senior pastor, had almost a cult-like following, and his wife died in a house fire. And he was able to convince several female members of his following that God had revealed to him that it was okay for them to take care of his physical needs because he was a widower. Oh, my word. And believe it or not, one of the women that he convinced of this was his dead wife's mother. Oh. Yeah, let that one sink in. Oh, my word. And then it also turned out that the reason he was a widower was because he killed his wife. Mm-hmm. And then he set their house on fire to cover it up. Mm-hmm. So he's in prison now. Yeah. Unless he's gotten out. I don't, I don't think he has. But And so, you know, this was someone that people innately trusted because he had this mantle of authority, because he was a pastor, Mm -hmm. 
And because he would say to them, God told me it's okay for you to do this. Now, anybody that's listening, God will never contradict his word. Right. If the Bible says it's wrong and somebody says to you, well, God told me that in this particular situation it's okay, run. Run as fast (laughs) as you can. Right. Yeah. No, I totally get it. And I've noticed a lot, especially with social media, the things that people post really kind of blow my mind. And I was talking to a friend of mine who works for AAA, and she says oftentimes when somebody makes an insurance claim that has to do with a house robbery, it is because they've posted pictures from their vacations on social media. So people in real time. Yeah, people yeah, in real time. So people in their circle know, oh, well they're gone. And it's so easy to hop online anymore and find out where someone lives. It's not that difficult. Right. And here is something that I think will shock most people. It's a little bonus tip. It's not in the book, so this is an extra for everybody listening. (laughs) When a loved one passes we still put things in the newspaper about um, a calling, a viewing, a wake, um, service times, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. A lot of times now it, it is all online or we're posting on social media so as many people can see it as possible. Criminals read those. Oh. Because if you're at the funeral home, you're not at your home. Oh. So there are a lot of robberies during funerals. I never would have guessed that. I know, right? And again, that was another reason why I wrote the book, because I'm hoping there will be, I mean, some of the things are common sense, Mm -hmm. but they were worth reiterating because they're common sense because they were. But I also tried to put things in there that people just wouldn't think about. Yeah. And so, you know, find a neighbor, someone who's not going to be attending the services and ask them to sit at your house. Mm-hmm. Park a car in the driveway so mm-hmm. it looks like somebody's home. Turn on inside lights. Turn on outside lights. Make your house as unappealing as a target as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about, because I don't want to give away the chapters of your book, but you have all the safety tips in different sections, and one of them is vacations. I want to talk about that chapter a little bit because Uh, We're heading upon a season where a lot of people go away. They're going to go away for Thanksgiving. They're going away uh, for Christmas. And so what are some vacation tips that you can give us outside of asking a neighbor to look in on our house? Lighting is really huge. Lighting? You know, the Bible, yes, the Bible talks about, you know, the deeds of darkness and all that. But in a practical sense, you know, try to think of yourself as a burglar. If there's two houses right next to each other, one is well lit and there's really no place to conceal yourself. And then the next one, there's all kinds of overgrown shrubs you can hide behind right by a window. Mm. It's really dark. Which one are you going to pick? Right. So, you know, just little things like that, um, you know, and, and you can get solar lighting you know if if you can't afford to have an electrician wire up any new stuff and you're not a handy person yourself just go get some solar uh, spotlights that will shine some light up on your house trim bushes and tree limbs away from windows so that if somebody is trying to pry their way into your house like through a window or a side door or something they can't be concealed. People can see them doing it and hopefully call 911. Mm-hmm. 
timers are great too. You can get indoor outdoor ones so that you can set them so that lights go on and off at certain times. And that's important because that makes it look like someone is in your house turning lights on and off. Okay. Which means someone's there. Because if you just leave lights on, although that is helpful, if someone's casing your house and they're like, those lights have been on for three days, mm. they never they never go off at night, mm-hmm. they're going to think that might be a house worth trying to break into because they don't think anybody's there. Okay. You know, kind of think about Kevin in Home Alone. Mm-hmm. He was turning on the TV. He, he had rigged up something that a... a a cardboard cut out of a person moved back and forth in front of a window. He was trying to make those burglars think that he was not a little kid that was there alone. Right. So smart. Mm-hmm. We just need to do what Kevin did. Make it look <laughs> like someone's in your house. Note to self, order a cardboard cut out of uh, Michael, Michael Jordan. Okay, I'm yeah. on it. <laughs> and I noticed, too, the, the rings. I think that's what they're called, that you put on your doorknob. And yeah. that way, it, that way, on because you can look at that on your phone, right? You can kind of check periodically if someone's on your front step or if anybody's in your yard just from the ring, right? Yes, and there are so many different options. Um, there are some newer type ones that are, they're just like a light bulb. All you have to do is screw them into a socket. Mm-hmm. And they uh, they actually will move with motion. Oh, which is super cool. And so, you know, if you're like, well, I can't get something like that because I don't know how to wire it up. Literally, if you can screw in a light bulb, mm-hmm. you can install one of these. Okay. And and some of them, you know, depending on how much you're able to spend, there some versions are more sophisticated than others. But, yes, a lot of them are Wi-Fi enabled. And so if you are away, you can check. Oh, gosh, what's that person doing on my porch? Oh, it's just the delivery guy. Right. Or it's the neighbor's cat wandered over and my neighbor came and picked up their cat. Mm -hmm. Or that's a person dressed all in black with a crowbar trying to get my front door open. I had better call the police. Yeah. And what there's something that I uh, also think people don't know, and that is you can contact your post office and have them hold your mail for while you're gone. I don't think a lot of people know that. Yes, that is a great tip. And then one thing that you you put in your book, in the vacation spot, is that not all robberies happen at night. That's a real common misconception because, well, now that, that people kind of, I hate to say post-COVID because I know there's still cases out there, but as we're moving back to working at actual offices, being away from our homes more during the day, that's when robberies are going to happen. Mm-hmm. They don't want to run into you. They want everything smooth and easy. They want to get in, get out. And so a lot of robberies will take place during the day just because that's when people aren't home. And that's what happened to my parents uh, probably about 10 years ago. My mom came home and as she walked in the door, she noticed the house was in complete disarray and there was a lot of stuff missing and it all happened while they were at work. Yep, and that's another reason not to post that you're on vacation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So those vacation pictures, you don't have to brag to everybody that you're on vacation. Post them when you get back. (laughs) It's going to be a lot safer. Uh, Is there anything else that you would like 
to share with us. I want to make sure people pick up your book. I know it is available on Amazon.com. How to Kick Fear to the Curb, Private Investigator Approach, Personal Safety Tips with Biblical Evidence to Not Fear. That is a mouthful, but it's really good. And then you can also catch Lori at the unlovelytruth.com where you can uh, get her podcast. I saw your mug. And I want to get your mug. And it's <laughs> Jesus Coffee and Crime. So that's that's yeah. next on my 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 uh, to buy list. But are there any other tips or advice that you would like to give us for just being safe and having wisdom and not becoming a victim, being as safe as possible to not be a victim? I think one that I would want to share with ladies and any guys that are listening, share this with the ladies in your life. We don't like to make a fuss a lot of times. And so when we feel uncomfortable, we don't speak up. We see something happening, we don't speak up. I want you all to know that you have permission to make a fuss. If you've moved into a new apartment, demand that the landlord change the locks. You don't know who all had keys to that. Mm, so that's make good. them change that. If you have a friend that you think is being abused, Tell her that you're afraid for her and you want to help. If you think you're being followed, if whether you're in a car, whether you're walking, somebody's approaching you and you don't feel safe, honk your horn, scream, blow a whistle, set off a personal safety device alarm, anything to get attention. Worst case scenario, you were wrong mm-hmm. and you're maybe a little embarrassed. Best case scenario, that person was going to do something And because you kicked up a fuss, they left you alone and went searching for someone who wouldn't do that. Why don't we want to make a fuss? Is it that we're just don't want to be overdramatic or what is it? We're taught to be good girls. We don't want to offend anybody. You know, somebody's walking toward us aggressively. Well, I don't want to think that they're a criminal. They're probably a really nice guy. No. Assume that they're a criminal until they prove to you that they're a nice guy. Your safety is more important than being a nice girl. So speak up, shout, honk, kick, scream, do whatever you have to do. I did buy my daughter for Christmas. She doesn't listen to the podcast, so I can tell you what I got for Christmas. (laughs) But she just turned 16, so she's getting her license and all that stuff. So as a mom, there's, of course, that in the back of my head of, okay, she's going to be going to work by herself now. She'll be getting into Mm -hmm. her car in a dark parking lot. And I bought her this keychain that makes this siren noise. So she does feel as though somebody is harming her or is about to harm her it makes like this loud noise to scare them off yes there are lots of different kinds of those um you can even get flashlights that are ultra ultra bright so you can stun somebody by just flashing it in their eyes they're completely disoriented there's all kinds of great things out there that you can use. And, you know, my girls are in their 20s, and I bought them almost exactly what you're describing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it's sad that we have to do this. But, you know, just embrace the fact that we live in a fallen world. Yep. We just do. Mm-hmm. We can't hide from that. But keeping the people we love and our communities safer, when you do that, you're a person of impact. You're right. living out a calling that God's put on you. And that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. 
I love that. So well said. Lori Morrison, how to kick fear to the curb that is available on Amazon.com. You can also go to the unlovelytruth.com. She has a blog and a podcast as well as a bunch of different extras, some internet safety tips, uh, different ways that you can uh, kind of uh, be oh what is it called the like the a bonus content member and also a shop which I'm gonna get that Jesus coffee and crime mug so Lori thanks so I much I love it. yeah I bet uh, thank you so much for being here and just sharing those safety tips and I will make sure that I put that book on the show notes so people can get a hold of that hey thank you so much for having me and I just want to tell your audience this podcast is amazing not mine. Well, yours is amazing, too. (laughs) But share with your friends. Share with your friends and let them experience this podcast and all the wonderful guests and all the wonderful information that Rachel shares. Well, thank you for that. I appreciate that. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Unique on Purpose podcast. And thank you to private investigator and podcaster and now author Lori Morrison for giving us those wonderful tips. You can check out her book that I've placed in the show notes, Kicking Fear to the Curb, to grab yourself some more practical tips on how you can prevent yourself from falling victim in this fallen world. Unique on Purpose is available on iTunes as well as Spotify. Don't forget to share download and subscribe. And remember, you were created unique on purpose. You are loved. And because of Christ, you have been made worthy. I will see you right back here next week.